Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. Hey, look at that. Welcome back. What happened there? Was that dead air or do we know? Did it just keep playing music? Anybody? Uh, you know, that's a good question. No don't actually know. I know that, um, let's see. Well, look. It's not important. We're on the air. Hey, we're back. At least we think. Yeah, uh, we are. We are on the air. We I think we had a, a little crossing of wires with the old nine ten pilots broadcast. <laughs> Those did, so basically they got Jason Swaggart yelling at them for some unknown reason. Mm. So the pilots. Yes. What if the pilots aired on the fan and we aired during on... our time slot, and we moved over to nine ten, and all the people tuning in for the pilots got us. Mm. I'm guessing. How do you think it'd go? Like, who would be more pissed, the Pilots fans or our fans? That's a good question. I'm guessing there's, like, an old lady somewhere who loves her Pilots basketball that would be livid at our uh, shenanigans. I think that's right. Yeah. And how many people listen to Pilots basketball? Can I ask that question? Is that an important question to ask? Should I I not ask that question? You probably shouldn't ask that question. I have a code word. It's a very important broadcast. Ooh, you have the, the code word is. Yes. I have tickets to give away. Um... This is the code word, and you'll want to text this to 503-250-1080. We are going to enter you. If you text the code that I'm about to give you to 503-250-1080, you will be entered for a chance to win tickets for six sessions of the PKI and Phil Knight Legacy Men's and Women's Basketball Tournaments happening Thanksgiving weekend at Moda Center Memorial Coliseum and the Child Center. Juicy. The code is PKI. PKI, text it right now to 503-250-1080, and you, you will be entered to win. Yeah, we got, what, Bama, Iowa State, Michigan State, Carolina, UConn, Villanova. I think Duke's coming. Uh, I'm looking here. They're in one of them. They're in one. Yeah, because they're the, the two separate ones, because you're only allowed to have so many uh, so many teams in each bracket. Well, I know we're on the air because everyone's texting PKI. Yeah, so we are on the air. We also found out that when uh, we got flipped back over to being on the air, we also got uh, a riveting conversation of swag introducing two people at a basketball game <laughs> who had never met each other, yeah. and our, our whole listenership heard it. It was indeed swag. I wasn't, uh, like, see, I was onto it. It's yeah. swag. Who was just randomly yelling at someone. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, anyway, uh, coming up this hour, we'll get to our NFL Week 9 Wasabi. Boy, that thing was crazy. My Seahawks win again. Dude, I look. At, the at this, Colts make a move. At this point, if you're Seattle, like it's not a – this isn't just like a, a fun little story. This is a playoff team. This is a legitimate playoff team. Loving my fins, what they're doing, and uh, we'll get to some other things. Potentially some horrible news out of Buffalo. Yes, I mean they're sitting out around. They got these. These next twenty four hours are very, very uh, nerve wracking hours for Buffalo Bill fan. Club ten eighty tonight. We have a we have an abbreviated uh, Club ten eighty because uh, Oregon basketball will be on at six thirty. But we will have time to talk about Philly Chicken Man. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen what <laughs> oh, he's I've done. seen Philly Chicken Man. Yeah, the fighting spirit of Philadelphia is still alive. So we'll get to that at six. Right now, the hot 
5 at 5. Oh. Hot topics, hot opinions. Oh, darling, I'm hot today. And hot air. It's time for the Hot 5 at 5. That's hot. The Hot 5 at 5 on Primetime with Isaac and Sue. No, I mean it. That's very hot. The Hot 5 at 5 with Isaac and Sue on 1080 The Fan. Number 5. Well, the Mets can't let Trumpet Boy get away. Now, can they? Well, they can. So... Well, they could. Is that his official nickname now, Trumpet Boy? That's what I'm calling him. I like Edwin Diaz. Yeah, he uh, signs a new five-year, $102 million contract with the Mets. However, Jacob deGrom has declined his option. He now becomes a free agent. Well, and supposedly he wants uh, Scherzer money and maybe even an extra year of Scherzer money. Why wouldn't he? He's the best pitcher in baseball. He is, but he's he's never healthy, and I mean ever healthy. Look, if you're the Mets, it's not my money. I hope they pay him, but I understand if they decide, and he's not young. It's not like he's 30 years old or anything. I totally get if they look at that and be like, hey, this we, we can't pay the freight. Also hitting free agency by declining options are shortstops Carlos Correa and Xander Bogarts. Of course, the uh, headliner this offseason in the free agent class is none other than the great Aaron Judge. Yeah. Well, and Trey Turner could be on the market too, right? So if you're the Mariners, just go. Go get a bat, please. Shortstop, second base, go get a bat. Let's get Aaron Judge. That, that would work too. <laughs> He'd come to Seattle Number and hit four. <laughs> And you know it. Probably. Ravens visiting the Saints on Monday Night Football Baltimore. Just 2-7-1 and one against the spread in games before a bye. Yes, but Andy Dalton is 6-19 and 19 in primetime games, so was, something has to give. I was just about to get to that. That is true. He is 6-19, and 19, and his quarterback rating in those games is 79. But how many with the Saints and a good Saints defense? Well, and look, the Saints defense kind of hasn't really been. It good hasn't though. been. You know, you know who's been good the last couple weeks has been the Saints offense. The Saints, True. the Saints offense is actually playing well, right? They scored 39 against the Seahawks. They lost, but scored 26 against Cincinnati, 34 against Arizona, and they blanked the Raiders 24 nothing. Believe it or not, this offense with Andy Dalton has been pretty good. So I, I don't know what to make of it. I still think Baltimore. I think Baltimore's got a chance here if they just they needed a receiver. But Baltimore is as good as anyone in the AFC. They just find ways to lose games. Bills say they are still evaluating quarterback Josh Allen. He hurt his elbow late in Sunday's loss to the Jets. They will know more in the next 24 hours. If you're wondering who the backup is in Buffalo, it is Case Keenum. But, I mean, seriously, though, they are they are talking potential uh, the the Tommy John ligament you hear in his UCL, elbow. that's Tommy John. And they're saying, and related nerve issues, too. That ain't good. Like When you start talking about that ligament, and you start talking about nerves down into your hand, into your arm, on your throwing hand, that is some serious stuff and maybe nothing comes of it but that's terrifying blazers in miami tonight damian lillard and anthony simons are both back in the lineup there's a report the lakers are already cracking the door on an anthony davis trade Uh, potential destinations include dallas new york and brooklyn and we have college basketball tonight number one uh, number one, number 21, Oregon is taking on Florida A&M here on the fan at 630. Uh, you also have number one, uh, North Carolina, number two, Gonzaga, number five, Kansas, all in action. Uh, Oregon was hoping to land Peja Stojakovic's kid, the sharpshooting Andre Stojakovic. Mm. Uh, today he committed to Stanford. Mm. It's one of them smart kids. Number two. Number two. Number two. Number two. The kickoff at Autzen Stadium on Saturday for Oregon hosting Washington, 4 p.m. 
on Fox. Bo Nix named Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week this week for the third week in a row. He's just the third Pac-12 player to ever do that. The Ducks are up to number six in the AP poll and coaches' polls this week. Uh, The top spot, of course, returns to Georgia, followed by Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. Those are the four unbeatens. Number five is Tennessee. And then you have USC and UCLA jumping one spot each to eight and nine. Look, if you're Oregon right now, a lot of football left to be played. You know, three tough games and the Pac-12 title, but... You can make a strong case that you're the best one-loss team right now. You're playing lights out. Bo Nix as good as anyone in the country. This sets up real well here for a nice stretch run for Oregon. Come too far together to stop now. Let's do it. That's it, baby. Shut it from the rooftop. America's number one fighting force. Number one. My number one fan. Number one. Number one. And number one today, the NFL... Uh, takes the uh, top headline. The Colts have fired their head coach, Frank Reich. He went 3-5-1 and one this season. One week after Jim Irsay said that he was uh, completely comfortable with his GM and coach, and they were all on the same page, and they were looking forward to yes. turning this thing around, and then a week later, you're fired. So basically, if your coach or your, uh, excuse me, if, if your owner comes out, if you're a GM or a coach and gives you the, uh, I have full confidence in you, you're one game away from being fired. The other thing I realized today is that they're only about 15 months removed from both Ballard and Reich getting an extension until 2026. Yeah, but these extensions don't matter. It's like the same thing down at Arizona. Keep losing games and see if their GM and head coach who just signed extensions uh, stick around. The weird part is there's no one on that staff that can call plays at this point, and they went out and hired Jeff Saturday, who's never coached anything and is currently working at ESPN. Well, let's talk about this coming up next. It's not really a hire. They're taking their <laughs> he's the interim coach. And that's why they don't have to follow any of the Rooney Rule yeah, stuff. He, he Jeff Saturday played there. He's friends with Jim Ursay. He's been a uh, consultant with the team and he is currently on ESPN or Have was. we ever seen an owner hire his drinking buddy to be the head coach? No, well again, not hired, but appointed <laughs> yes. interim. Yes. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen that. No, no. to your point. Uh, it is quite bizarre. This is but the f- their offense is putrid. The Colts, I said this earlier, they went 0 for 14 on third down yesterday. Yeah. I don't even know how that's possible. You can't luck into one. But this has not happened. There has not been an NFL head coach appointed or hired with no experience since 1951. 61. Is it 61 or yeah. that was 51? Our boy Norm Van Brockle. Oh, excuse me. I was a, a decade off. This is the most absurd thing. That, crazy. I, that I've ever seen well, in the NFL. Let's come back and talk about it. There's your Hot 5 at 5. It is the most curious coaching hire in league history. It's got to be. But uh, to me, there's an easy explanation. <laughs> and our Seahawks win again. Our Week 9 Wasabi is next on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, let's get to some NFL Week 9 Wasabi. Uh, our Seahawks must be discussed, and we will do that. But uh, today the Colts... Uh, made one of the more curious moves you will ever see in that they fired Frank Reich. And the interim, they passed over several, well, two guys who have been NFL head coaches. One of them is Gus Bradley, who is on their staff. Uh, They also have Reggie Wayne on their staff. Uh, They passed over all those guys, at least in the interim, to bring in Jeff Saturday, who, yes, that Jeff Saturday, has (laughs) been an analyst on ESPN most recently. Yeah, for like the last 10 years, and he has zero coaching experience with the exception of he coached his son for a year at like a prep academy. That is the extent of his coaching. Do you think he touted that when Ursay called him? I just, this is, first off, we've never seen anything like this since 1961, right? So, so as you said, Norm Van Brocklin, this is important to point out, um, if you technically call this a hire, which I guess it is, it's the interim hire, this is the first person hired with zero college or pro coaching experience since Norm Van Brocklin in 1961. Yes. This is this is this is outside the box for sure. Well, and and honestly in a in a league that has fought for opportunities for coaches, especially minority coaches, and just these head coaching positions don't come along very often. This is a giant slap in the face to your entire staff. It's an entire it's a slap in the face to everyone trying to work their way up the ladder. And, and honestly, it's a slap in the face to the league that just got done with the whole Dolphin Stephen Ross thing about tanking that you literally said, okay, we're not competitive, our offense stinks, so we're going to fire the only guy really qualified to run our offense because you fired your offensive coordinator, what, three weeks ago. Now you fired Frank Reich, who was calling the plays, and you're bringing in a guy who is an offensive lineman, has zero qualifications, yeah. and, and, and this is the most absurd thing I've seen in the NFL See, in, in decades. To me, what you just said is not absurd. It explains everything. So what, what I think is happening here is Jim Ursay is sensitive, obviously sensitive, to the Brian Flores, Stephen Ross thing in Miami, where Flores was a coach who was trying to win games because that's what he's paid to do. It's mm-hmm. his livelihood. And the owner is wanting to lose. So the NFL owners, you got to remember, they just went through this whole S-storm with yeah. Stephen Ross, right? Yep. And Ursay and those owners are all in the room when this stuff is being ironed out. So what Ursay is doing here, it seems to me, is bringing in Jeff Saturday, who has no chance of getting the job permanently. <laughs> he jumps in. He gets his eyes on guys he, he, he wants to evaluate for the future. Ursay knows him. 
they're they're buddies. He's been a consultant for the team. He played there. He knows football. He knows he'll do it and do it to the best of his ability, and that is to carry out his wishes of yeah. tanking. Yeah. This is what Ursay wants. Ursay wants a quarterback. He is tired of not having yeah. a quarterback. They have gone six straight seasons with six different starting quarterbacks, and Jim, Jim Ursay knows that at this point their season has been blown up. They can't even get a damn first down. So they fire their coach, and he's like, well, what's the incentive uh, to win? Well, I'm certainly not going to put a, a a Gus Bradley in a tough spot because Gus Bradley maybe wants to be a head coach again, right? I'm sure he does. So you don't want to give him the interim job because you don't want to win. You let him do the best he can, but you also don't want to you know, piss all over his career, for lack of a better term. So you bring in a guy who has no chance of getting the job. You know it. You're close with him, and you can tank without really – sort of jeopardizing a coach's career because that's the exact thing that happened with Brian Flores. Now, the other element that you brought up is, you know, if I'm Brian Flores, this is this is the type of thing he was trying to shed light on. And yeah. I'm not talking about the tanking thing, which yeah. is one thing. I think Ursay is bypassing the whole t- tanking thing with we, this move. We just jumped onto a whole other thing. But he is also, you know, on the on the race thing, that is a situation where I'm I'm guessing Brian Flores is sitting there going, well, this is exactly why I'm suing. Yeah. At the same time, you know, he may also understand, well, at least he hired somebody who, who doesn't have any chance of getting... <laughs> I mean, at least the guy who he's going to bring in to tank yeah. is not somebody who's going to get the job permanently, so you're not also not jeopardizing... Maybe, maybe Ursay's uh, logic is, I'm not going to jeopardize, certainly, the future of an African-American head coach. I'm not going to do it with a white guy, so I'm just going to do it with my buddy Jeff Saturday. And I honestly, I think that's what he's doing. And quite frankly, it makes a hell of a lot of sense. If the Colts can continue to lose, they will get a franchise quarterback or at least a shot at a He should have just kept Frank Reich then because he was doing a phenomenal job of losing on his own. Yeah, but see, I think what, well, they were, they beat Kansas City. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the thing about Frank (laughs) Reich is. turn it around. Well, he's not bad. No. They just don't have a quarterback. And their offensive line has been playing terrible. So I, you know, I don't know what Ursay's up to. That to me makes the most sense. And quite frankly, I agree with all of it. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Tank the S out of it and try to get a damn quarterback in there and then hire your coach. Yeah, I just think that in, in, if you're DeForest Buckner, if, you know, if, if you're one of the Colts players at this point, you know, I, I mean, God, I, I know Matt Ryan just got benched, but you're Matt Ryan and you're sitting there and, and or you're you know, Jonathan Taylor, anyone. How on earth are you showing up on a week to week basis and 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 taking this seriously? Well, Ursay's hoping you're not. Well, but I, I I mean that's the point like Brian Flores made when when you know they supposedly they were supposed to lose in Miami and I'm all for I understand the idea of there's certain times where it's not about winning and losing games, but actively putting your team at, at a disadvantage like this, I, I think it's insulting. I think it's insulting to the league. I think it's insulting to players. I think it's insulting to other coaches. And, you know, it's not like Jim Ursay has necessarily the best reputation in the world, but for a guy that just came out and was blasting Dan Snyder, I, I just think this is a really, really poor look. And uh, I think it speaks poorly on the organization. And if I was a player, I'd be pissed. Here's a great one. So Jeff Saturday, I mean, I guess he just throws on the headset. The word is there's not one coach on their staff that knows how to call plays. Yeah. So I don't know if that's true or not, but um, well, they've never done it before. But I'm sure there's coaches that are familiar with the offense. But that's what I'm saying. You are in the, maybe Matt Ryan. You are in the middle of it. Seriously, you're in the middle of an NFL season, and you are now sitting around to yourself saying, "All right, guys, who wants to try call plays?" Like this is little giants 
like movie crap. Where's The Rock? He should be involved in this. So some sort of sappy movie, well, and there's guys' careers that are on the well, line. I get that, but it pays to lose games. I That's guess. why Stephen Ross was doing it. And <laughs> here's the other thing about Saturday. One of his recent tweets, uh, just before Thanksgiving, he tweeted, Raiders look horrible. Because, you know, he's an ESPN analyst. Yeah. And the Raiders do look horrible. Yeah. You know the first team he plays? I'm guessing the Raiders. The Raiders. Well. <laughs> <laughs> look, In Las Vegas. I, and I don't doubt that. I mean, he's he was a really good offensive lineman. I'm sure he's a smart guy and, and, and he follows things, but... You're telling me that that guy's been in the ins and outs of the NFL for the last decade plus because he's an analyst? Get out of here with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Again, they're not, they know yeah, what they're it's doing. Just, they, they, they're not hiring him for any sort no. of shot in the arm. I just can't believe that in this day and age, we're literally hiring a drinking buddy to come be <laughs> the head coach of an NFL team. And someone brought up Barry Switzer, and yes, Barry Switzer was indeed Jerry Jones' drinking buddy, but... Barry Switzer was at least a Hall of Fame college football coach, and by the way, was taking over arguably one of the best rosters in NFL history. So there's a difference between hiring Barry as a drinking buddy and hiring Jeff Saturday. Like, can we just now just go around and, like, I'm trying to think of other good offensive linemen or or just, you know, a couple times made a Pro Bowl player, and we need to be like, hey, you want to come in and coach I, a team? I do think this is going to lead to, if um, if if coaches get fired midseason, Seriously, if coaches get fired midseason and Josh McDaniels may get fired or in Denver, uh, maybe Denver wouldn't do it because they have a good enough roster that they would hope an interim coach would yeah. would kind of lift them up. But I do think it's going to start a situation where you're going to get coaches fired midseason, uh, and if teams want to get better draft position, they will not hire good interim coaches. <laughs> they, they won't. They will hire guys like Jeff Saturday. Take it right into the, right into the side of the mountain. Well, it's not... Yeah, I mean, it's the idea that you don't want to ruin someone's career by giving them that crappy situation, so yeah. you give it to someone who will never get the job in the first place. I just know that... You I know, think it's going to start a trend. Um, I'll look it up, but I may just... Or maybe a GM jumps down and puts on the headset or something. <laughs> <laughs> or a fan. How about that? Fan a game. Every, ga- every, every game you give a different fan the headset. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you call plays? <laughs> Hell, we went 0 for 14 on third down with Frank Reich in there. Might as well let you try it. Whatever your toughest tickets are to sell, you know, if you buy those yeah. tickets for a season, you get a chance to be fan for yeah. a coach for a day. Call a play. You get to uh, remember the old Pokey Allen where he, where yeah. they would call plays from the stands. Yeah, you would give them the flashcards well, or whatever. Again, someone could be that. like, I played a lot of Madden, so I feel like I have a pretty good uh, sense of what's going on. That's right. I'm just saying, like, to get an opportunity, like I know Dan Campbell. You know, hasn't done a whole lot with the Lions. Although, hey, can we not bury the lead? I won finally a a, a Packers uh, oh, gamble. Yeah, you called that because I bet against them. They, be, they beat them. Bet my bet my Lions. But right, like Dan Campbell, who may not go on to do anything in the NFL, but Dan Campbell is where he's at now because he got a shot to be an interim guy. Like there are opportunities there when when you end up with that. With, with that chance to, to show. And they, these are such rare opportunities. And whether you're talking about any one of the coaches on the Colts staff or anyone else in the NFL who's looking to get that crack, I just, I, I, I'm bummed that they're not going to get that opportunity because, well, Jeff Saturday. Well, I think, I think teams are going to start wanting interims who don't want to win. Yeah. And Dan Campbell's going to want to win. Was it He's going to want to do everything he was can. Was it Basaccia to... in, in, in uh, Vegas who did a nice job there and, yeah. You know, and I know he didn't end up getting the job, but I forgot about that guy. Yeah, like 
you know, we, we do get these these opportunities, and, and whether you know, he didn't end up getting that job, but maybe somewhere over the next two or three years, he does get an opportunity simply because you look back and be like, hey, he did a pretty good job in a tough situation with the oh, Raiders. Wait, that guy never gets a look now. You know no, but he did a good job. But hopefully somewhere down the line he does because of that opportunity that he got with the Raiders. All right, well, the Colts have hired an ESPN analyst, <laughs> not uh, Skip Bayless. No. Uh, Jeff Saturday. Is Stephen A. too busy? To be their coach. Uh, Seahawks are still not favored to win the division. Where is the respect? Look, it's I don't. It, they're they're a good team. We will get to that next. Here's Buck. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Well, I uh, I got to be honest with you. When I went to bed Sunday night, last night, was that last night? Yeah, last night, I thought, oh, man, an NFL coach could get fired tomorrow. Yeah. And I thought it would be Cliff Kingsbury. I did not think it would be Frank Reich, although totally get the Frank Reich move. <laughs> Um, I o, thought o for fourteen on third down. That yeah, after you've already fired your offensive coordinator, that'll it's do. Like you, yeah, you know, that'll yeah, do. Big, I, that'll do. Honestly, if I if right before I went to bed, right before it, yeah. picture me laying there, so sexy. <laughs> you know, got my whiskey table side. I've <laughs> already taken my statin, shirtless with some black socks. I'm hoping. And you say, Rob, one NFL coach is fired tomorrow. Who is it? I would have said Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. I can uh, see that. They're, he sucks. They suck. They are three and six. And look, that's not to take anything away from Seattle. Seattle is, uh, they're definitely a good team. There's no doubt about that. You just watch them play. Yep. Their defense is much better. Um, even Geno Smith, I thought the best part about that whole game was Geno uh, Smith's response to the pick six. Yeah. He played great after that. And, you know, he's going to have those. He's done a pretty good job of, uh, you know, min- minimizing those. But my God, he was great after that. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I was sitting there watching that going, after the pick six, I'm like, oh, boy, they're going to blow this. Yeah. You know, there's Gino. You know, you, you, your mind starts to go back to all these old. And damn, man, they just took them from there on out. They dominated the game. Yes. You went on the the, the two um, the two big, long drives, and it just sucked the air out of that uh, out of that building. And then you turned around and handed it off to Walker. I mean, I don't know what else to say at this point other than that is – I can't remember being this wrong about a team. And no, I just, I mean, I, I get that Pete Carroll is is optimistic about everything, but this is just one of those that doesn't make any sense. When you consider the fact that you are getting big-time play out of five rookies, five, including two tackles. Offensive tackles don't come into the league and dominate. It usually doesn't happen. And, and, and you're getting quality play out of two air raid tackles, by the way. Right, they played at Washington State and Mississippi State. They've never been in a three-point stance in their life, and they're here in an offense that's trying to be balanced and run the ball. You're getting excellent corner play, 
right? You're getting you're getting phenomenal quarterback play from a guy that was universally planned. There wasn't the, he could have been available to any team in the NFL. He's making like $1.2 million for the Seahawks on a one-year deal. And here he is playing like an all-pro, basically in the top five in every statistical category. A defense that was an absolute sieve through the first four or five weeks is now playing like a top 12 unit. I mean, they were barnstorming. And they don't have an elite player up front, and they were barnstorming the the Cardinals' offensive line. Yeah, I think, I don't know, there are a lot of reasons why... And it's not just you. I mean, everyone was so wrong about the Seahawks. But, you know, it does, you know, it is a good lesson in, you know, the whole conventional wisdom of preseason analysis and crap. Just yeah. take it with a grain of salt, man. Yep. Nobody knows anything. But there are a lot of reasons to, to point to, you know, like, first of all, your the draft picks. Yeah. Um, you just can't count. all playing well. You just can't count on no. rookie production like this. No, I mean, it's amazing. Yes. Um, the other one is Russell Wilson, you know, he had created more friction and was maybe more of a problem there than we knew. A hundred percent. And that affected the team. Yep. And then also when the last time he was, or, you know, when he was last there, he was hurt, you know. Yep. And, you know, when Geno Smith comes in, you know, for a hurt Russell Wilson, I think is one thing late in the in a in an already crappy season, right? Yep. It's another when Russell Wilson is now out of the quarterback room. Pete Carroll has said, you're my guy. You have all the preseason and the, you know, all the preparation with the OC to, to come in and, and, and really take the reins of that job. And, you know, to Pete Carroll's credit, and this is the third thing, Pete Carroll knows what he's doing. He always has. He's an excellent football coach. Yep. And I think we kind of lost sight of that. Like, if you, if you just just watch the NFL, watch, well, look at college. We were talking about this earlier. Look at all the one-loss teams in college football. And go look at their coaches. Every one of their coaches is, is a guy you think of as an excellent head football coach, yep. right? NFL, it's kind of the same coaches. I mean, the, Nick Sirianni has burst onto the scene, but it's been Bill Belichick. It's been Pete Carroll. It's been John Harbaugh. It's been I mean, Andy Reid. You know who the good ones are. Mike Vrabel uh, has seemed to enter this mm-hmm. conversation. And so when you have one of those guys, not that guys don't come and go off that list, but generally speaking, Pete Carroll, we underestimated him. Yeah. We did. We thought he was old. We put him out to pasture, and we blamed him for a lot of what was wrong. The reality is it wasn't as much him. No, and you got a you got a new offensive coordinator in there, and they're doing a real nice job. And even at the start of the year, right, they they, they beat the Broncos in that horrid 17-16 to game, and then you get shillelied by the Niners, and you lose to the Falcons, and we're like, okay, you know, that's, that's about it. Equal one by the Lions, and then you lose to the Saints, and you're just like, well, this is – you know, they, 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 welcome to the welcome to the tank, and all they've done since then is is reel off five in a row against the Cards, the Chargers, the Giants, and those are all teams, you know that that we we expected to be playoff teams or a team like the Giants all of a sudden that is in contention for a playoff spot. And now you look at the rest of their schedule; they've got the Buccaneers, and that one's the one overseas, right? Yeah, it's in Germany. It's in Germany this week. So, and they're underdogs again. And and yet there's nothing about Tampa that scares me. Dude, I'll go 100%. ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and lay some cheddar on Did that. Did you watch that Rams Bucks game? It was so ugly. Awful. And by the way, those are two teams that just They're, they're not that good. They're not that good. So you got the Bucks and then you got the Raiders, and you want to talk about a team that's in a free fall right yeah, now. The Raiders, Raiders are awful. And then you're at the Rams. Also awful. Panthers. Awful. And then the Niners. Wow. So and then you so finish these next four. These next four. You can are rattle off all four if you Absolutely. And then it gets harder. You got the Niners, the Chiefs, the Jets, and the Rams to finish it up. But Ooh. you got a chance here over these next four weeks to put yourself in the playoffs. 
And I don't get why they're an underdog against Tampa Bay. The Seahawks are a better football team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Period. End of story. I like Kenneth Walker a lot. Yes. And their offensive line is playing great. You know, you do, you know, you got to give Geno Smith a lot of credit. He's third in the NFL, I think, in quarterback rating. Yep. But I was thinking about this watching the Jets beat the Bills yesterday. Who, which team do you think is better if they had a quarterback? The Seahawks or the Jets? Uh, boy, because that, the Jets have a lot of young studs, too, Like much like Seattle. They're beat up, dude, with some injuries. I think I'm... It's it's kind of a coin flip because you, you know again you got a lot of young talent. The Seahawks uh, obviously better with the two receivers that you have. Although you know again going back to the the youth movement, the the Jets have a pretty good one there in Wilson. I, I think that's a coin flip, but I think they're fairly. I think that's a fairly similar thing. But I, I, you feel a lot better about Geno Smith than you do Zach Wilson. Although I'll give you know I'll give Zach credit. He played a lot. He better. played a lot better. He did. They. They finally started doing something with him. And, by the way, you're seeing this out of Chicago. I don't mean to spiral this off into a, a quarterback conversation. But someone with the Jets and someone with the Bears finally got together and convinced Zach Wilson and Justin Fields that they don't have to throw the ball downfield on every pass. That, especially with Justin Fields, you know you can run. It's okay. And when it's a when it's second down and there's nothing there, instead of running around for nine years, either tuck it and run or throw it nine yards out of bounds. And you're seeing both of those guys all of a sudden start to look a bit better. But Justin Fields these last couple weeks may have found something. So if you're looking at these young quarterbacks, at least these last couple weeks, there's some real signs of life in Justin Fields. And last well, this last Sunday was the first time that I thought Zach Wilson actually looked like an NFL quarterback. Well, they reined him in. Yes. You know, and he needed to be reined in. But uh, sometimes with the young guys, it just takes time. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit and, of a process. And they're not reining Geno Smith in. This is not a dink and dunk. Well, he's got a pr- I'm he's sorry. got a good he's arm. He's got a pretty good deep ball. Yes. And he Am is, I wrong? And he is throwing it in tight windows. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. This is not this is not when Russell Wilson took over and, and they're just relying on the run game and they're throwing screen passes and all that. They are letting Geno cook. You mean when Russ got hurt? No, no, no. At the beginning, remember that they, they, when they originally built <laughs> oh, this, yeah, 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 they yeah. built this real safe cocoon around yeah. Russell Wilson. And look, Seattle's still going to be a balanced team, and you know that that, you know, that, that Pete Carroll doesn't want to throw the ball, you know, fifty plus times a game. But when you watch Seattle play, it is not an uber-conservative, no. we're not going to let Geno beat us. I mean, they threw it 34 times. So when you look at it, 34 runs, 34 passes, that is perfect balance. That is what Pete Carroll is looking for. But this is not – sometimes you see like the Mac Jones where he throws it 17 times and the average pass is going four yards. Geno Smith is uh, it was eight, eight and a half yards downfield. He is not having – he is not having the uh, the cuffs put on him. So the Seahawks uh, are still not favored to win the NFC West. I don't know if you knew that. Niners. Yeah, it's the Niners. Of course, it's not the Rams or Cardinals. But the the right now the Seahawks are six and three, and the Niners are four and four. Yeah. But the favorite is San Francisco minus uh, one thirty five. You can get Seattle at plus one fifty right now. Well, and because the Niners, when healthy, have a better roster, but well, and they've already beat them, and once. they already beat them once. How about the 16 forced fumbles? Did you see that stat they showed the, on the broadcast? No. Seattle has 16 forced fumbles this year. Jesus. You know what the NFL record is in a season? 17, 18? 30. 30? Yeah, the NFL record is 30, set hmm. by the 2010 Giants. It's 30 they're forced already, fumbles. They're already halfway there. Criminy sakes. Then that's not recovered, right? That's just... That's, no, just, uh, forced, just forced fumbles. Yeah. Well, and they had another one, because... 
uh, Carla Murray was on that scramble, and I forget who it was that came through and punched it out. Was that was that one of the DB? I, I don't remember, but uh, Kyler Murray, again, going back to quarterback uh, play, he, he just continues to be a guy that refuses to do anything other than to rely on his natural natural ability. And by the way, he had another little sideline incident between him and DeAndre Hopkins. That guy is so talented, when and, and when it works, it works. But he plays more off schedule than any quarterback in the league, and it has to be absolutely maddening. And when he runs, a lot of times he just runs with the ball in his little tiny hand, like it, it, it tucked the thing away. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys see it, but it feels like uh, both while playing and like pre and post play, he just seems like a bad body language guy. He seems like a guy who's either aloof or doesn't quite. I, I don't know. It, se- it seems like he is casual, half assing. Like he just doesn't seem all in. I don't know. I, I'm with you. And he, he's probably just a total pain to coach. However, when I watch that offense, he's all they have. Yes. Well, that and Hopkins. I mean. Well, I know, but I just mean, it, it just seems to me that their best plays are when Kyler Murray just does Kyler Murray. But things. unfortunately. And, and some some of that is finding uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Well, I think, but I think that's the reason why is he refuses to play in the confines of any sort of system. Yeah. I've never seen. He is. A better version, a much, much better version. But like when Johnny Manziel was coming out, I, we were like, dude, this won't work because he just plays this this playground, I'm going to run around and be the best athlete on the field, and Manziel wasn't even close to that. Kyler Murray, for the most part, is the best athlete on the field. He is the shiftiest, best, like, I don't we just extend the play uh, quarterback in the league. And if you could just get him to play within the confines of a system 70% of the time, and then 30%, hey, dude, just go be Kyler Murray because he makes plays that no one else in the league can make. And if you just got him to play, like I said, 70% of the time in, in the in, in a system, he would be scary good. But he just he just doesn't. He refuses. If you could sit two guys down and get the truth out of them, mm-hmm. Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Yeah. Who do you think you would side with most after they spoke? A hundred percent, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, yeah. You you don't think there's any part of you that would talk to both of them and look at the situation and go, you know what? I get where Kyler's coming from. I could I could maybe see that. I mean, but I don't understand what his his only argument could be. What they're asking me to do is is nonsensical and it doesn't make any sense. And uh, I just I have to abandon it and I do my own thing. But when it's so unproductive for large stretches and it fails down the stretch when teams put game plans around him and you constantly see the results, it'd be hard for me to side with Kyler Murray. And, and I think Kingsbury's thing, is, and this is my, the, the, my, my overall point, it's like a diet, right? Whether you're doing Atkins or whether you're doing keto or whether you're doing a, a smoothie diet, whatever diet and exercise plan you're on, it will work. It's just, it's proven fact. If you go on a diet and you exercise, you will lose weight. May not be the most effective one for you. You may not lose the most weight. You may not be getting the best shape. But if you stick to a plan, you will get in shape. If you play in the confines of an NFL system, even if it's not a great system, but you say this is how we're going to do things and we all get on the same page, you will have results. And so the only argument that Murray could make is, you're not giving me a good system. And my argument would be, you're still not playing in the confines of it. And if you would try it, I bet you you'd get better results than what we have with you just running around trying to make plays. Well, the next three games for Arizona are the Rams, the Niners, and the Rams. 
So Cliff Kingsbury, if he can't win two of those three games, the Rams are awful. Then you got to fire he's, him. He's toast, dude. And I think, find I think someone he, that can get through. I think he is two to three weeks from, if not next. No, I think if they lose at the Rams, yeah. the way the Rams are playing, that's the worst offense in the league. Fire I think they, I think he's done. And find someone that can get through to Kyler Murray because clearly Kingsbury can, and maybe that is Cliff's ultimate failure. All right, up next, the latest on a very dangerous situation with Josh Allen. It is 551 on the fan. All right, well, we're done with uh, football today, with the exception of one last little story about Josh Allen we've got to update you on. But we'll have more college football weekend walnuts uh, tomorrow and more NFL Week 9 wasabi. Yeah. It's just that kind of week. Jim Mersey speaks on Jeff Saturday. The quotes just keep coming, and it's wonderful. Yeah, and Saturday uh, says he is auditioning not just for the Colts, <laughs> but for 31 other jobs. God. So get ready for the BS meter. Uh, yeah. On those guys. But uh, also tomorrow, an early look at Washington, Oregon, um, as that game is Saturday. But uh, pressing news, Josh Allen could be out with a UCL injury. Yeah. And if you don't know, that's the ligament in your elbow that often leads to, well, it doesn't often. It mostly leads to Tommy John surgery in baseball. And the thing that's scary is they are saying, too, that not only is it the UCL, but they said associated nerves. So you're talking about that elbow, and it'll go down like you see all the time where pitchers complain about forearm tightness and hand numbness. And last time I checked, uh, an NFL quarterback with numbness in his forearm and his throwing hand is terrible news. I mean, look, you have what we all thought was the best team in the NFL that just got done losing to the New York Jets. And not that the Jets are a bad team, but no one saw that. They were like 11.5-point dogs. Josh Allen did not look good in that game at all. In fact, that was shades of rookie Josh Allen. And now we're finding out that he's got a potential serious elbow-slash-arm hand injury. This is just... I feel for the people of Buffalo because it just felt like this was Buffalo's year. That they were indeed the best team and they were going to erase you know, decades of just heartbreak in Buffalo and now you potentially got this? Uh, this is going to be a very dicey 24 hours where they wait and see what the uh, the diagnosis yeah, is. Yeah, originally they came out, or the media said it wasn't that big of a deal. They're going to limit him in practice and he shouldn't miss any games. But then McDermott came out after practice and was like, yeah, we'll know more tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see. So everybody's holding their breath there. Case Keenum's the backup. but um, th- And that kind of sucks, too, because the Bills are getting ready to play the Vikings. Yeah. Two of the better teams in the NFL. Well, and how about, you know, of all the stories, I mean, we'll talk about Seattle and, you know, we talk about obviously what Buffalo's doing. The Jets are a great story. But how about how about a little love for the Minnesota Vikings, who no one seems to talk about whatsoever. I would say seven that and one, right? they're 7-1, and one. Like I've spent, We've spent, and I mean we, the collective media, have spent 10 times the amount uh, on the Packers, the Bears, and the Lions and combined. The than we have. I'm just talking about in the NFC North. Oh, you look at Green Bay, Chicago, and Detroit. They have all gotten more press. Oh, yeah. Than Minnesota, and you're talking about two and six, three and six, three and six, and seven and one. Definitely true. Give Minnesota some credit, and I think it's the Kirk Cousins thing that we just. Oh, we don't trust them. We just don't trust them. But hey, man, you think they trust them? <laughs> Come playoff time. Come on, man. Well, hey, man, seven and one is seven and one. Um. And boy, did they have me sweating yesterday! I bet on my commies. Yeah, yeah. You you just barely uh, got your got your play back, right? Well, the, I don't know if you did. You guys watch that game? Yeah, I did not. I watched all of it because it's where all of my money that I own it was on that game because <laughs> I loved the commies plus yeah. three and a half, right? Well, I loved Carolina getting like eight and a half, and that didn't work out so well for me. But so watch the game, 
and I'm just sitting there going because in the NFL, you know, you you just you never count your chickens, right? Yep. Like the Raiders were up seventeen to nothing on the Jags and lost. Yep. But I'm sitting there and Washington's up seventeen to seven. I watched that whole game was going, dude. They are dominating Minnesota. I am so right about this game. Yeah. Money. <laughs> Holy crap! Here it it took four minutes. And Minnesota was on the goal line, getting ready to shove it in to to lead by seven. And Washington would get one last crack, but with Heineke, you know, got to score a touchdown. That probably wasn't happening, right? Yeah. It took freaking four minutes. <laughs> Washington goes from dominating to not covering. So they hold them to a field goal, right? Yeah, and they had it like first and goal from like yeah. the two, and then yeah. it all went backwards. Then oh, it... hold on, hold on, hold on. The first the, they hold them to a field goal because they stop them on third down. Yeah. So this I love because the spread is three and a half. So Washington can lose by a field goal, and I still win my money. Yeah. So they kick the field goal, and it's good. And I'm going, okay. Well, as long as Washington doesn't throw a pick six, this game's over. I got this. Sure. Penalty. <laughs> Freaking penalty. The guy jumps over the center, which you can't do if you make contact with. You can if you don't make contact with No, him. you can't jump over the oh, center. Oh, you can't. They no. were saying that you could if you if you make contact with them. I don't think you can hurdle the center, but you might be able to do the gap if you don't if you don't touch him. I, I think that's it. If you, you can go like between, you can't go directly over somebody. You, you can go between the, if you don't yeah, make the, contact. The A gap if you don't make contact. Freaking personal foul. <laughs> they get the ball at the two yard line first and goal. Yep. With like a minute forty five. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, Oh, that's like the worst beat of all time, right? What happens? Minnesota doesn't want to score a touchdown <laughs> nope. because Washington only has one timeout. Bleed they the just bleed the clock. They kick the field goal. Game over. I have never <laughs> been more right about a game that I had to sweat so hard in my entire life. That was unbelievable. The one that you know you're on the right side of, and it takes all the miracles to make it happen. Yes, yeah. and it's just like, and and then even in the that end, is gambling, baby. God, it it so is. Yeah. The NFL is so. Difficult when you have those sorts of things, it, it, you know. Falcons Chargers, right? I ended up with a push, but that yeah. was the same sort of thing, right? Yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, a worst case scenario, like maybe get a push, but then the Falcons guy gets the fumble, picks it up, and starts yeah. running. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna win this! Yeah, and the dumbass and he, he drops the ball, and the Chargers they like, throw like two passes or you know, kick a field goal, and you're like, damn it, the double fumble. <laughs> he didn't even get touched. He's defensive lineman was just running Dude. with the ball, and I'm like, I'm going to win this, and then he just decides to drop it. Freaking league. All right, we'll have more football. Awesome, super awesome football tomorrow. Uh, the club is an abbreviated one, so let's get right to Philly Chicken Man. He did it, Jason. He did it. <laughs> he did it. That's next on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.